Hello and welcome to episode 203 of Three Beers in a Movie. I am Richard Laird and I am with... Colin! Colin McKay, I'm back. Hi. You're back for the first time in about, I think, 80 episodes or so. You're you're back with us. It's nice to see your voice, hear your voice and see your face. Um, it's been a while, hasn't it? When was the last time? Jesus, it's been over well over a year, hasn't it? Well, I think the last film we talked about yeah. was that one, Misbehaviour. Remember the one with um, Keira Knightley? Oh, I, no, I never even seen that. You no. seen that one? Before that again, I think. God, that, no. that was the last film I saw. Ages, ages, man. It's been a long time. It's been a long time, dude. Um, Jesus, it's long till I'm back, back today. Yay. Yay. <laughs> um, we're doing this over Zoom. Um, so are you drinking anything in your little home abode right now? Are you having a drink to celebrate the occasion? Um, no, because um, because I'm working um, early and I'm up at half five in the morning. So I'm going to... Bear in the side of caution and avoid alcohol rhythm in this early eyes phase. Yeah, a smart plan, dude. A smart <laughs> plan. Um, yeah. I am drinking because I'm working at home, so I'm an alcoholic. I can do what I want. Um, and I'm drinking uh, <laughs> from the Seven Brothers, who I think in England, I think. Um, and it's called Sabro IPA. And it's a coconut tropical citrus one. Um, it's very nice. It's, it, it's very fruity. That's weird. Coconut and citrus. Yeah, but it's nice. Is, is, it, is it strong? Is, is it just like regular beer? It's just a regular beer where we used to kind of fruity kind of lilt to it. It's not like you're drinking like a, you know, Mbongo or anything like that. Um, you're so you, fancy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's nice. They're, they're based in Manchester, so I don't know what Manchester you know, is doing with coconut and tropicalness, but yeah, I, I approve of this one. I think I've had a few Nineteen Seven Brothers before, but this is definitely one of the better ones. Because um, you're basically lock- you're basically drinking alcoholic umbongo. You're a big child. You know That's that? why I'm, and I'm, I'm, and I'm 100 <laughs> okay with that. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Before we fire into the movies that we're, we're going to watch this week, um, what have you watched over the last year in lockdown? What's like? Give me two things that have jumped out to you in the past, like sort of year that you sort of would recommend. Um, th- this is a weird one. This is one that um, one of our friends, Chris Hendry, had recommended to me about four or five years ago, and I never watched it. And then during lockdown, I thought, I'm going to watch this film that, that Chris had recommended, and it was uh, Bubble Boy. With um, Jake, with Gyllenhaal? Jake Gyllenhaal. All right, okay. Um, and... Yeah, and, and I watched it, and I was totally smitten by it. It is such a brilliant wee film. It's really, really quirky and nice and funny and cute and, and sweet and it's just a really really good film and Who's the it's one of those ones where I've oh I don't I, I don't think she's a really big name it's some kind of blonde girl but I didn't recognise her from anything um, the, the kind of De- biggest name in it would it's have not been... is it no no no, no. Um, I'd say the biggest name in it back then when it was made was probably because Hall wasn't massive back then. Probably Danny Trejo, yeah, it was or probably the, the big um, name, which is weird. Bern Troyer's in it as well. Mini Me, he's in it as well. God, God, I know, I know. Made me a bit sick. So Because <laughs> um, <his, laughs> he's small. But um, I really, really, really enjoyed that a lot. Um, that, that was a nice surprise, and I was annoyed with myself for not watching it sooner. Yeah. Um, I've since watched it another two or three times, and it's, I think it's going to become one of those ones that I'll I'll gravitate to. Do you know I mean, as a kind of comfort, yeah, comfort view. So I watched that. That that was really really impressive. Um, I am sure, honestly, I think you might be like, I think I think there's a John Travolta version of that film, like when he plays the boy in the bubble, or he's someone. Uh, this is back in the uh, early days. I'm sure the version of that when he saw it. Uh, think you're right. I, is it is it the same film? He's not in. He's not I know in the one you mean, but I don't know if it's. No, no, no. But uh, I know the one you mean with George Walker, but I don't know if it's the same premise. I don't know if it's just his. Oh, it's, it's I, don't, I think it's more a drama than a comedy, maybe. Yeah, it was out in nineteen seventy six. It's called The Boy in the Plastic Bubble. Um, so he's the boy oh, in the bubble. Up. It's got him, and it's got. Well, we'll say it's got him in it. That's about it, really. Um, yeah, so that was a, that must have been like one of you very early. It, just after, then that just after the same year as Carrie came out, he did the boy in the plastic bubble, and then after that he did Saturday Night Fever and Grease. So that was his. And then that's when he became John Travolta superstar, and then yes. 
slowly yeah. but surely pissed it all away and <laughs> became a crazy Scientologist and yes. made Battlefield Earth and the rest is fucking history right yep, there. So, yep, so Bubble Boy, anything else of note that you've watched that you'd want to recommend to us? Um, what we were talking about off camera, Mike, was um, the flight attendant. Yes. That was a genuine shock because I'm not a huge fan of Kaylee. I'm not a massive fan of her from the Big Band Theory and stuff like that. And I kind of, Lorraine had wanted to watch this and I thought, right, I'll, get, I'll give it a shot. And I was totally blown away by how good she was, how good the story was, and just the whole premise. It was not what I was expecting at all. I know you've only seen the first couple of episodes and you were saying yep. the same. It's like you didn't really expect what you got um, e- even like things like the, the, the theme tune do you know what I mean it's like well do you put a smile on your face because it's so different retro do you know what I mean it's, it's got a, so wee that, that a, was... a wee bit of a catch me if you can vibe to it a little bit not entirely but it's got mm. a wee bit of a vibe that kind of vibe to it so that kind of that kind of jumped at me a wee little bit um, yeah like I said we talked about off camera I think it's annoying a little bit I found out it's got a second season so I feel like I'm not going to get enough closure from this season um, which is maybe make me not want to pursue it quite as quickly as I maybe would have done if I knew it was like a one and done. Like, for example, Mayor of East Town or something like that, where I knew that was always going to be. So I would, I would just, I'd want to get through it as quickly as possible so I could like find out what was happening and that would be it. Um, the flight attendant, I feel like I'll, I'll find out some stuff, but there'll be too much stuff at the end that I'll, I'll still be trying to find out about. Yeah. I think they give it quite a good closure for the storyline and then right. they do open up the next season at the end so no, I think you're kind of safe to, to proceed um, one that we're enjoying watching um, episodically is um, Sweet Tooth we've started watching that and we're on to about the fifth or sixth one now yes. but we've not been binging it we've just been watching like one episode and then a week later another one and then a few days later another one yeah. And we were kind of watching it last night and we thought, do you want to watch another one? And both of us were like, nah, because we're quite, we're quite enjoying the pace. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's quite a nice gentle pace to it as well. So I'm enjoying episodically watching that, which is really good. I think that's something we got um, this year. Um, we got with, like, say, with The Mandalorian Season 2 and 1 in terms of as well. Um, and also, um, like, uh, WandaVision and um, Captain Winter Soldier and also, right now, Loki. This Loki, yeah. Going back to the idea of having to wait for sort of a, you know, you know, for satisfaction, you know, we're, we're mm-hmm. so used to you sort of binging stuff over the course of like you know a weekend or even a day, and that and then it's done and that's it over. So like I actually, I've actually quite enjoyed, particularly like one division and Loki, talking to people about it like week to week and trying to figure out what's going on, rather than like yeah, sort of, it's brilliant. Yeah, rather than like sort of like both of us watching it and then I'm getting like through six episodes, you're only through four, so I'm having to wait for you to catch mm. up. We, we're both at the same point. We all, we can't be any further ahead, you know. Which is yeah, you, really you, you're, you're talking the same same language. It's all relevant, um, but it also gives you like like just now Wednesdays. I'm looking forward to so much because yeah. Loki's on. Do you know what I mean? It, 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 that's a nice thing is having that something to look forward to as well. The anticipation, so it's it's nice to get back into that. And yeah. um, what one more thing that I bought um, was out of pure nostalgia. I bought this. And I'm surprised I found it for such a cheap price. Um, I managed to find uh, the complete box set for American Gothic. Oh, you, nice. you heard the American Gothic? The old yeah. the, the 90s show. I remember it being sort of. I was very X Files heavy when I was young. When I was mm. like that age, and I remember there's a few other things that on about the same time that were all sort of pitched sort of as like. XL fans all like this. One was like um, the Twilight Zone the remake, which I, I did quite like, and then they had Millennium, yeah. which I didn't like quite as much. Um, and then American Gothic, if I know things are on, I, I never really quite vibed on it quite as much as I maybe hoped I would, because I was like so mm-hmm. invested in all things X Files. But no, I bought that. I bought. Um, I found that on eBay for like three pounds as well. But nice. The, the entire it's only kind of 22 episodes so I mean they wrapped it up but um, that was proper well, I cannot believe it so I'm really really excited to watch that was one of my favourite shows for, for the 90s um, I probably prepared that over the X-Files controversially yeah. um, I was a massive X-Files fan in the 90s but that was when that came along that just blew everything out of the water for me totally but, and it stuck with me like, really strong ever since I'm always saying to people have you seen it and 
try to talk to people about it and I've not seen it so to actually own it now and I'm going to kind of watch it again with Lorraine and stuff like that it's really exciting it's good man I'm pure nerding out on it I'm like oh my god <laughs> I've not started watching it yet but yeah I'm sure it will I'm sure um, I've not watched it yet I've not started okay. watching it so I don't know if it'll hold up or not I'm sure it will yeah it will it will hold up fine um, but now I'm, I'm really excited and I'm totally amazed that I got it for such a probably price as well mental Absolutely. It's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a bad cast. Jake Weber's in it here, a wee decent movie career. Sarah Paulson's in pretty much anything, you know, and everything. Um, Gary Cole. Yeah, totally. Gary, Gary Cole. Never lets down. Lucas Black. I think I saw him. Yeah. He was in. Slime he's Blade. a Fast and Furious kid. He's in. Yeah. He's in that. Uh, and... Tokyo Drift as well. Yeah. Do you know who else is in it? Do you know who else is in it? No. Who? Bruce Campbell. Is he? Like, consistently? Bruce Campbell. Yeah, yeah, he turns up. No, he's, he's only in one episode, um, but it's produced by Sam Raimi. Right. Anything Sam does, Bruce is going to be around the corner somewhere. So, yeah, Bruce Campbell turns up in an episode as well. Awesome. Evan Rachel, Evan Rachel Wood's in it as yeah. well, apparently. Really yeah, young. yeah. Her career's kind of dipped a bit, hasn't it? She's not really achieved the heights that she was maybe, probably meant to, or... Aye, it's one of the ones where you see the big kind of splash when she was younger and she never really sort of fulfilled that um, the, the kind of destiny that she was you thought thought she might have. I think she's in, she's not in Westworld though, she's doing all yeah. Westworld, so um, that kind of brought her she's back. Right. She was in a film this, a couple of years ago called Kajillionaire, which was apparently one of the big sort of like indie hits and it was out last year and I watched it, it's one of the worst pieces of shit I've ever seen as it comes from a guy who really loves it. That's on, that's on Sky Movies just now, Kajillionaire. Oh man, honestly, don't waste your time. Don't. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, have you watched Oxygen yet? Have you seen that? Yes, I loved Oxygen. I thought it was really good. I thought it was really well done. How good How good was that? That was a surprise watch as well. That was just me and Lorraine sitting one night thinking what we're watching. I said, I'm going to watch Oxygen and we both were like, yeah, that was that was a good film. So yes. Yeah, um, tell, tell me some of your treasures. What's, what's your treasures? What's your found? Like, what I've watched, like, I've watched a lot of old films. Like that's what I've been trying to do. This I catch up. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts about old Hollywood and and that kind of stuff. So I've been watching like a lot of kind of older movies, just to try and sort of fill in the gaps of my movie knowledge. You know, because um, I'm I'm quite up to date with things like from like 80s, 70s, 80s onwards. But there's a lot of stuff that I don't really know from like sort of the 40s and 50s. So basically, I watched all the Universal monster movies. Um, and really dug them cool. in a big way. Um, I watched a bunch of the bunch of the old Godzilla films. Watched them. Obviously, I love them. Um, I've watched recently. Yeah. Um, something else really good. I watched. I really enjoyed. I can't remember the name of it. The Duelist. You ever seen that? The Ridley Scott film. The Harvey That's a brilliant film. That oh. is. It's such an amazing. How underrated is that film? It's yeah. like it's one of those ones when you watch it. It's just. It will stick with you forever. Do you know what I mean it's a brilliant, brilliant film? Yeah, um, I've not, not seen the, it for a while, but yeah, like I've never seen the 1974 version of like Mother on the Orient Express, and I watched that, and it's fucking amazing. Um, yep, yep. Have you seen the film Sleeping Dogs with Sam Neill? Um, oh, possibly. Is that a revenge thriller? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like sort of a, he's living out in a sort of the Aussie yeah. outback, and then someone. Uh -huh. Wrongs him, they frame him for a murder, and he's like on the run type thing. Yeah, yeah, I've not seen it for a long time, but but yeah, again, you know, I've like, seen Aussie, it years ago. Aussie film just so dirty and nasty, like it feels like it's like a. <laughs> it, feels like, it, feels like, it feels like punk rock when you're watching Aussie films, I think. Um, yeah. More contemporary than that, the film I watched and enjoyed the fuck out of was. Have you seen the film? Have you seen Barb and Star go to Vista del Mar yet? No. Oh, dude, it's it's on a level of like the pop star never stop popping. It's just this ridiculously insane comedy. Um, that the less you know about it, we'll get into it. You will, the better it is for it. Um, I will say, me and Barry disagreed vehemently upon it. He absolutely detested it. I absolutely loved it. Me and Jill laughed our asses off at it, um, but he did not laugh at it. Um, so it's, it's one of those films that will oh. very much divide an audience. Um, I, fuck, I, I absolutely killed myself laughing at it. What platforms are on? Where can I find this film? I think it's on Amazon now. Cool. I will try and look out for it and give yeah. you give you my half baked opinion as well. Yeah. What's that? That's really good. Be, um, 
something else I've watched on Amazon recently, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been re-watching, like, for the first time ever, I watched Once Upon a Time in the West. Um, it's a great film, isn't it? So you can see why it gets the adulation it gets. I know, like, now, since then, there's been so many Westerns that copy. It doesn't seem like it's anything special, but back then it was, like, well, what a film. Um, can I ever watch nothing else? Nothing else I'm not that can really think of right now, but yeah, so I've been just re delving into old stuff. That's been sort of my, my vibe during lockdown, just trying to re you know, sort of just not re watch, like sort of just get myself into you know, sort of understanding where a lot of the films I like come from. Um, oh, what's I watched? I watched a Mara Monroe film, uh, Niagara. You ever seen Niagara? No, no, oh, again, so I think it's on. I think I've not seen absolutely brilliant. She plays like this sort of like. I'm gonna say she plays a femme fatale, but that's like that's Marlon's thing. But she, she is a fantastic, well well done, like sort of um, crime noir thing that she's in. Um, just a really good film. Again, amazing film. Cool. There's there's this really weird one I found on Netflix. I think it's called. Right. Um, I was browsing <laughs> one night, just just pure boredom, and I found this um, 13 minute Swedish film right. called. The man who killed a child, or the man, right. the man that kills a child, something like that. Uh-huh. And it's just this black and white film about you know this kind of family having a dinner, and the wee girl goes to get some sugar from a neighbour, and this guy and his partners just driving a fancy car to the beach to have a nice time, and he hits the girl at, at the end of it all. But that's it's all captured in thirteen minutes, and it's got this grainy black and white, beautifully shot kind of footage, and just this kind of narrator kind of telling you what's going on, do you know what I mean? But it was so, like, it just, it's hypnotic, do you know what I mean? So well done that you just, you're just watching, you don't want to blink, do you know what I mean? Um, I'll try and find what it's called and let you know, because it's, like, seriously, seriously good. Um, and one of Lorraine's friends, she's, she's serious apparently. No, no, it's from, like, the, the 50s or 40s or something. Right. But apparently it's a, there's like a few versions of it dating back again to like the kind of 30s and stuff like that as well. So oh, it's like okay. a kind of, it's, it's, like a Swedish, it's like a Swedish kind of story, do you know what I mean? But it's been told a few times. But it was absolutely like, just a, a wee revelation. Do you know what I mean? Just found it and was like, wow, shouted to Lorraine for it. I was like, you need to watch this. And she was like, that was really, really cool. I mean, it's yeah. just interesting. Do you know what I mean? Just something different, but really, really well done. Um, it's proper old school filmmaking as well. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, anyway, we'll move on to what we've watched this this week. Um, we've got quite a few things to get through because I know you've seen some different stuff than what I've seen, so we'll try and battle through stuff as quickly as we can. So let's start with the one you've, oh. you've just seen recently, um, like in the last like hour or so, that is um, Monster Hunter. Um, Monster Hunter, yeah. Directed by Paul yeah. W.S. Anderson and starring his wife, um, Mila Jovovich. Yeah. Um, also has in it. Um, well, I saw bits of this film because I had to leave cinema because of Arsenal's, But um, Ron Perlman plays a pirate at the very start. Does he? Is he in it a lot after that? It felt like his. Not not a lot. He's he's got a total of ten minutes screen time, if even. Um, so he's not in it a lot. You fucking give me Ron Perlman as a pirate at the start of the first film. You better fucking deliver <laughs> Ron Perlman as a pirate. Um, <laughs> Uh, Tony Jaa, uh, you know the legendary Tony Jaa, turned up in it as well. Yep. Um, yep. So basically, this is a film. It's based on a video game where uh, army units sucked into an alternate dimension where there has there are monsters and they've got to kill these monsters in order to get back home. Is that the basic premise of the film? That is the whole premise of the film. <laughs> that that is or is that that's the thing is um I think. In, in the kind of game for what I've been reading because I've never played Monster Hunters I'm a gamer but I've never played that but reading the reviews and stuff I think the game doesn't have any of the army elements so the game's based in this alternate world there's no army people coming from their alternate world so I think people are saying why do you know what I mean the bit you've seen at the start the 15 minutes yes. I think people are saying why didn't you just roll with that storyline instead uh-huh. of incorporating you know the, the, the kind of jingoistic flag-waving United States element, do you know what I mean? Um, so I think people are a bit pissed off at that. Um, but yeah, I mean, the plot is fucking, it is post-stamp plot, do you know what I mean? There's no plot, basically, you saw the plot by saying they get sucked into the solid, they kill monsters. That, 
that that's going to be that's it, and it doesn't it doesn't apologise for that because it, yeah. it never tries to explain anything to you. It doesn't tell you why there's monsters. It doesn't tell you anything about the opening scene with Ron Perlman. That 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 scene. Once you've seen it, there's no background that doesn't expose. That's it. That's the scene. That's it. You're, you know, you're, what, so what happened to them? Where did their ship go? Why, why were they you know, going there? It doesn't tell you. It's just that. There you go. That's your scene. And it just moves on to there. What I found about this, um, and I think Anderson's quite bad for this, is he's choppy, choppy, choppy editing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, fight scenes are like kind of. You know, maybe have like a 30 second fight scene and it's got like maybe 15, 20 cuts in it. Yeah. And it's hard to follow what's going on. Do you know what I mean? And it's like you've got this film where you've got these big, massive behemoth monsters. Do you know what I mean? Huge, huge monsters. And you're not getting the sense of the scale because you're chop, chop, chop. Do you know what I mean? Let me let my eyes drink it in. I think as well, which is in a world like in like a post-John Wick, the Raid world, where we're very much used to seeing action action being fluid on screen and like sort of you know the one shots and um, and not being like the sort of born identity style really heavily edited. When it now comes mm. back, it makes it feel no, it makes it makes you kind of dated a little bit. It makes you feel like you went back to like the early two thousands. Um, and also, I think at times it shows up where like the where the, it it stunt people or it's like you know. It feels like acting as opposed to seeing something very fluid. Um, yeah, yeah. One one film that really irks me for that is um, the lightsaber fight in Attack of the Clones. Right. The one where Count Dooku's fighting Anakin and Obi Wan, and because it's Christopher Lee, he's in. I know, but but see when you watch it and the way they've done it, it is like. Fucking annoyed, do you know what I mean? Because it's, and I get he's an old man, but you know, the, the, he's playing like, you know, like, like one of the, the kind of most legendary Jedi saber yeah. fighters, do you know what I mean? That's like Dooku's thing is, you know, he can fight like fuck with, with swords, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you watch this scene and it's just like cut to Dooku's face, red lights, cut to Anakin, blue, cut to him, red, and I'm like, Fuck off! Do, do you know what I mean? Like, uh, it frustrates me, but I do I understand why because he was like an old old man. Do you know what I mean? There's no way he's fucking jumping about and stuff. Yeah, but I get why he's done it. Back, but it's, just back for it's really fucking frustrating because it yeah. should be on paper, like you know, like the fucking equivalent of Duff City's kind of oh. level of saber battles. You know what I mean? And it's not. And I'm like, I fucking hate you. <laughs> um, well, back to Monster Hunter. Um, now I went to Sorry. This film, um, and I had to leave this film because of um, annoying patrons in the cinema, um, which is which is ugly. Um, should I make the, the time and effort to go back and see it? Um, no, I think no, <laughs> no, no, uh, no. Uh, because <laughs> no, because it will hold up really on the small screen. It will translate well. Um, yeah, okay. You won't. I don't think you'll lose anything. As I said, because the action is so choppy and stuff like that anyway, it doesn't really benefit for the big screen. Um, you might lose out in some of the sound a wee bit, but yeah. if you've got a decent sound system or a sound bar, it won't matter at all. So okay. I think, honestly, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't kind of, I know you like to see everything, but I wouldn't kick your own ass because you've not seen this one. It, it will hold up just as well on, on your, your telly. It will. It will. From what I've heard, from what you're saying, it's, it's enjoyable. It's completely stupid, but it's enjoyable enough for the yeah. five minutes it's on for. It's not particularly... Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's always nice to see um, Ron Perlman, um, Tony Jaa, and even, even Mela Jovovich, um, she's like... She, she's pretty much put herself into that role. Do you know what I mean? That that's, seems to be the only role she does now is Resident I, Evil, you know, a, a badass. It's weird seeing a girl who started out in Days and Confused... Um, it's turned into this sort of like badass femme fatale. And she plays the role perfectly brilliantly well, but it's like it's sort of that she really has found a sort of niche with this, you know, with like, you know, she's a, she's a whole franchise herself with the Resident Evil franchise, done like what, seven of those? You know, so she... she totally, aye. Yeah. And then she's done a few things. She's in Resident Evil, she's in Resident Evil, she's done something else as well. Um, and she got this and stuff like that. So she's definitely a woman who's like, sort of, she's, she's forced her own path. In many ways, you know, her yeah. and like Michelle Rodriguez are the two sort of like have really forced the way they want to, want to go. So, um, yeah. I, I, I was enjoying on camera as well. 
what would you give it out of? You normally give it out of five. We'll go back to that for yourself. Out of five, what are you giving it? Um, oh, right. Out of five, I would have to. I'd probably, well, out of ten, I gave it a five and a half. So out of five, I would probably give it two, two and a half. I'm happy because when you go to ten because we used to we tried to get you to go to ten and you refused to do it just out of spite. <laughs> so yeah, no, out of ten, five, five and a half. Um, and again, it's because I think the actors did try. Um, Tony Jaa was was brutally underutilized. I mean, this this guy is a martial arts phenomenon. Yeah, Tony Jaa. Do you know what I mean some of the stuff this guy's done in camera is you know borderline certifiably insane. Oh, um, yeah. and, and he's, he's really limited in this film um, probably because his prowess is way above everyone else's but because of Anderson's style as well um, you don't really get to see Tony Jashing, which is a shame um, yeah, but sure. there is th- th- there's kind of a few funny bits with him and Jovic, you yeah. know, kind of back and forward and stuff like that, which is nice to see as well. It's nice to see him getting a, a kind of softer comedic role as well. But I'd like to have seen him doing some, you know, triple roundhouse decapitation kicks, but never got to see one. So. Yeah. Okay, so, five yeah. And a half <laughs> so, you're giving it a, a pass mark to anything. Um, yeah, that... I went in expecting nothing and I came out, you know, yeah. entertained. So, yeah. Um, okay, so on from that, we'll go completely. If there's a Possibly the, the, the 180 of that film will go to this one, which is called The Father, um, directed by Florian Zeller. Have you seen this one yet? No, no. no. I so don't his, his, fancy it. It's his debut film. It's based on his own stage play. Um, the plot of the film follows the father of a, of a family um, as he suffers from dementia um, and, or Alzheimer's. I can't remember, one of the two. Um, and you sort of see well through his eyes as he tries as, as Sort of a few days in his life or longer possibly um, unfold um, with him and his daughter and the people in his life who help him and, it, and, it's, and it's sort of like just, it's sort of a, just a, a snapshot of what dementia or Alzheimer's can do to a person and to a family um, in the film you've got Anthony Hopkins playing the father uh, Olivia Coleman plays his daughter um, and you also have Mark Gattis Imogen Poots, Rufus Sewell and Olivia Williams coming up in various roles in the film. That's a pretty big cast, man. That's a that's a prestigious cast. Yeah, I mean Hopkins, Coleman, you know, two Oscar winners, you know, and then the cast there. Um, Hopkins won an Oscar for this film as well. Um, and I would say it is absolutely thoroughly deserved. It is a absolutely heartbreaking performance from him. Um, it's there's there's times you can have like Hopkins in recent years has been sort of maybe a little bit sort of um I wouldn't say phoning it in, but he's been maybe a caricature of himself and just sort of you know, maybe just giving it eighty percent because you know he's a seventy or eighty year old man. He doesn't really need to doesn't really need to work anymore. But yeah. it shows if he's given the right material and he's and he's engaged with it, he can still prove to the world that he is probably one of the greatest actors who has ever lived. You know, he's, he's, yeah, he's, yeah. You know, um, and this film really shows it. And he's, I know people were a bit pissed off that Chadwick Boseman didn't win the Oscar for him. Um, marrying his black bottom, but honestly, after watching this, I can 100% understand why he didn't win it because Hopkins is truly like it, his performance is so at times it's very subtle, at times it's very big, but it's everything seems completely believable and it's absolutely on point, and you never for a second question it. Um, and he has that look in his eye, which if you ever known someone who suffers from Alzheimer's or dementia, they sometimes have that far away look in their eye, like they're looking at you but they don't know who you are and you know, but yeah. watch, and, he, and he manages to nail that look really quite amazingly um, and it's again quite heartbreaking to see um, you as an audience are kept bewildered through all of it because it's set up that Hopkins and Coleman are, are father and daughter but then halfway through the film or partly maybe 20 minutes into the film his daughter comes in and, and she looks like Olivia Williams. Then right. they, they keep talking about, you know, you got divorced, you're, you're, you're now going to Paris, and it's sort of it, it, you, you're going through his narrative. So it's, it's kind of an untrustworthy narrative, narrator because you don't know what to believe because you don't know how much is he being confused. And you get to the point, you start thinking to yourself, wait a minute, I saw what he saw and it seems wrong. So maybe he hasn't seen that. Maybe he has seen it right and everyone else is crazy around him. Um, yeah. So it, it, you get to, you get that sort of really odd, bewildered state that I imagine life as dementia would be. You get these sort of like moments of clarity, 
but then it's followed by this like sort of time of muddleness when everything sort of falls, and then eventually all falls into place and you, as, a, as an audience member, know what the story is, and you're then seeing him as sort of, a, unfortunately, what the disease for what it is, but there's a big chunk of the film where you're sort of what, seeing the film, seeing the world in his way, which is, is a very muddled and strange way, and it, it just mm. is a really horrible way of, of like living life because you don't really know what's going on. Um, it's based on a stage play, but it doesn't feel small. Um, it's all contained pretty much within one apartment, um, but it doesn't feel small, and um, they don't I, they don't really need to expand it out. And I think some of the things that when I've ever watched a, a stage play being adapted, one of the problems you always find is somebody to try and expand it out too much to make it yeah. cinematic. This didn't need it. it. It plays like a sort of a well done indie movie, you know, because it is all you know three or four locations, and the camera's always moving around and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like people want one of those scenes and things like that, but it's not trying to um, you know to be bigger. Um, yeah. I would say it is quite triggering um, for those who, like I, you know, who have experienced this in their world before with like family members and stuff like that. Because um, we were watching it, and my 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 grandfather sort of went through similar things just now. So watching it and, and thinking of him was it was quite tough to watch in that respect. You know, you, you start to see, you know, where he could end up. And um, so, yeah, it, it, yeah. It it does need awareness as well, though. Oh. Do you know what I mean? And it's it's good that it gets a platform. Do you know what I mean as, as well? Because yeah, hundred percent, dude. I'm I'm all I'm I'm thinking that as well. It's amazing, it, and, and I think we always have this sense of like when it is comes to dementia or Alzheimer's, it's all like oh, the person just forgetful. That's all it is. You forget things, mm. but when you see yeah. it from their point of view, what they're seeing, you know, it's like imagine if you look at your daughter's face and you don't see your daughter. It's something you see them as someone different. You know. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, it's, proper. It's, it's proper kind of scary, you know, and, and that, that kind of thing. So it's a it's a really tough watch. It's a good watch. It's a definitely it's a worthwhile watch. Um, but like I said, it, it could be quite a tough watch for many people. Um, but it is, for anything, it's worth it for Hopkins' performance. It's something absolutely amazing. It's truly brilliant. How does it hold up to something like, what was the one Julianne Moore done a few years ago, remember? Oh, yeah, Um it's different. It's different. Um, yeah. But I, I'd probably say I, I found more from this one than I did from that one. Yeah. 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 So recommend it with the watch. Very much. I recommend. It. I, I get a very solid eight out of ten. But it's it's a ten out of ten performance. From is that a cinema watch? Is it one that benefits from? Yes, because I think it will hold the darkness and the focus and. Yes. I, is that something you've noticed in lockdown? You, you don't. It's harder to focus on some films because you are oh, distracted. Totally, I've just I'm going to just make a cup of tea, or I'm going to pause it and do this, or pause yeah. it and do that, and you end up doing so. Sometimes you'll pause it, and it's half an hour later you come back to it. Yeah, I've noticed that a lot, man. It's I've missed that. That just being in the cinema, there's nothing to do except focus on that screen. I've Aye. really, really missed that. Is that thing yeah. of like, is is it a plot hole or where you're looking at your phone? You know, it's maybe how yeah. you miss. Totally, just uh, it's just too easy. Just to, we, I, we, had a, we had a couple of weeks ago. We we're talking about a film that um, I really enjoyed, and Barry went, "Well, I didn't get it because I didn't understand why he was doing this." And going, but they explained that in the first five minutes. You know why he was doing it. And he goes, oh, "I missed that bit." And going, yeah, you look at your phone, so you've missed that bit of the film. Therefore, nothing else. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> so it's like, you know, yeah. so if you miss, you know, if you're in the cinema, this benefits from that. You're totally focused on it. Um, and because characters sort of change who they are throughout the film, if you're watching this at home, you can't start going, like, who the fuck's that? Like, who, like what's going on here? I'm, I'm kind of confused by this. But seeing the cinema, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Well, I've got, um, I've got Friday night and most of Saturday to myself. So I might, I might go and check it out. Still. It's worth it. It's only 90 minutes long. It's well worth it. Um, on from that one, you don't have to go to the cinema to see. It's one that's on Amazon oh, Prime. Sorry, so, out, out of ten. Four, out of ten. Four, eight, out of ten. Eight. Wow. Yep. Big score. Cool. Yep. Uh, on from that one, it's on Amazon Prime, um, which is Tom Clancy's Without Remorse, directed by Stefano Salima, who directed Sicario 2, um, Soldana, and also Gamora TV show. Um, the plot of this film is there is a CIA operative who is him and his team are attacked, he then has to go to Russia to try and sort of find out who's attacking them and stop them from attacking their kill his wife and child. So about a John Wickin okay. as well. Um, it's based on obviously Tom Clancy. The character um, in it is sort of he's I think he's in the in the sort of the Jack Ryan films, he's sort of uh, Jack Ryan's mate in them. 
Um, okay. He had, he, had popped, he had popped up before. You get Michael B. John playing the lead. You get Jody Thomas Smith popping up. Jamie Bell, you know everyone's favourite dancer, and Guy Pearce popping up in a role. Which is, which if you don't see, if you don't think bad guy from the moment you see him, you've not watched enough movies. So, <laughs> uh, right, just quickly, digression. You've missed the dig- digressions, surely. I have. Uh, yeah. Quick digression. Uh, Michael B. Jordan um, yes. playing Superman. Yes, no. All for it. I'm not. Why not? Do you know? Do you know why I'm not? I've mentioned this before, and it is the dumbest fucking reason. But when you think about it logically, you'll be like, "Fuck yeah!" Indeed. The man has no chin. The man has no chin. Superman has a fucking chin. I'm sorry, but <laughs> Superman <laughs> is your all-American square-jawed fucking hero. Am I right? This I mean, man has no I'm, chin. It's I'm glad the reason weird. you went. I'm glad the reason you went for was no chin. I, I was dreading what other reason you were going to get to that would have cancelled the podcast straight away. Um, but, but do you know what I mean? Like Superman's got like, like heroes in general. Like, square jawed big bastards. Do you know what I mean? That's their that's the thing. Do you know what I mean? And maybe it won't it, be Superman. Have... Maybe it'll be maybe it'll be John Henry. Oh, possibly. Yeah. Possibly. There are other versions. Maybe. Of, there are versions of super. There are other versions of Superman that he could be. It doesn't necessarily have to be Clark Kent. It could be someone who has who is from Krypton who has powers. You know, it could be that. There's, there's many. It's just super superheroes without, you know, a decent chin man. It doesn't work. Be like, put a Batman mask on him. You'd be like, nah, it's not. Nah, sorry, you can't do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Charlotte, Charlotte, I know it's Charlotte, and it's the dumbest fucking reason. But I'm just right now visualise him with a Superman gear on, no chin. Fair enough. I mean, I don't, I don't agree with you, but I, I'm glad. I'm, I'm very glad that's your reasoning. Um, what I will say in this film, and what um, it, it's it's an average film, but what is good about it is Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan is a very magnetic presence on screen. Um, everything I've seen him in so far, he definitely commands the camera. He, he commands attention. You know, even in something, even like in Black Panther, you're gonna go and he like I'm I'm actually on his the way he plays that role in Black Panther. I'm on his side for most of the film. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, his points are well made. You know, it doesn't take yeah. to be on to not be on his side. Um, yeah, unfortunately, even with a cast of got like um, Jimmy Bell, who I think I've enjoyed the most things he's been in. Um, Guy Pierce, obviously, is fucking Guy Pierce. You know, um, yeah. and yeah, Julie Turner Smith, who everything I've, I've only seen her in like two things so far, but both things I saw in she was absolutely amazing. They are so underused, and it just there was like absolutely no need for like that level of talent to be in such thankless roles, you know, and that's I feel like they're yeah. Um, yeah. it's a very passable but unremarkable action thriller. Um it does seem more intent in setting up a new franchise and obviously it's on Amazon. Amazon Prime has the rights to a lot of Tom Clancy books, I think it's now. And they've always yeah, yeah. the Jack Ryan TV show with uh, Kaczynski. So I don't know if I'm gonna try and like cross these over mm-hmm. at some point or anything like that, but it seems like sort of more intent in building that world rather than telling this story um, as much as we can. And the big thing about it I thought was sort of a bit of a shame was it felt small. It didn't feel big screen. It almost felt like an extended pilot of a TV show, you know, like a like right. a ninety like minute pilot as opposed to being like sort of an actual you know movie in itself. Um, is it made for TV or was it made for for cinema? I don't know. I honestly don't know because I, I think it was, I don't know when it was made, but it feels like it doesn't feel like it's Amazon's not a, Amazon does put things out in cinema more than say Netflix does, but it just felt very. TV as opposed to cinema, mm. you know, felt a little bit because we're going to go into a film next, which I felt like, even though it's the, the next one we've gone to, still felt like a, a cinematic movie uh, as opposed to something that would be on the, on the small screen. Um, even like Monster Hunter, for example, like you say, it will not detract on the small screen, but that does mm. feel like a cinema, that like a cinema movie, you know, feels something that should be seen in the cinema. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this, yeah, it's, it's like one of those kind of Friday night passable movies that you can sort of enjoy for when it's on. But I'll I'll have to watch it about two hours before you come on this call, and I can I'll be struggling to tell you anything of note that's like happened in the film now. You know, and that's like two hours ago. It doesn't really hold up. There's there's much better versions of that kind of film. Like I'd much rather sit and watch Patriot Games again, or watch Summer of All Fears, or watch Shadow Recruit. To be honest, than watch this. Yeah. I don't know if I like that genre of film. I don't think I'm a massive. Massive kind of fan of the kind of spy, not maybe not so much spy, but like kind of Cold War espionage, that kind of thing. I've, I've never 
kind of been bitten like, by the way I you like have. espionage, but I don't like these ones that just sort of down and like, I shoot them up, I prefer. I prefer, like, see, like, mm. um, like, was it Our Man in Berlin and stuff like that? And um, what, what, um, what, what was the Michael Caine one that he was in? Um, was it Ipcus File and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. a cloak and dagger, and it's more, you know, like under the radar rather than just being like, what can you do? Well, let's just get the guns out and start blowing shit up. Like, oh. Yeah, yeah, which what was the one I watched recently in Blu-ray? Maybe watch it, the one with Gary Oldman. What's it called? Um, Smiley? Yeah. I, I watched that and didn't like it at all. Yeah, because it's dull. Because it's this one. Yeah, this one, very passable, six out of ten, but that's it. Yeah, I suppose six out of ten. So, yeah, it's just say Friday night, have a beer, watch it. And, yeah. That was it. Yeah. Worst, um, worst ways to kill time. Yeah. On from that, we'll go on to one that you've seen that I've not seen. Um, well, I hope you've seen it. You told me you're going to see it. Um, and that was The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Um, yeah. Directed by uh, yeah, yeah. Michael Chavez, who directed The Curse of La Llorona um, a couple of years ago. Um, this is amazingly the fucking, this is the fifth film. In the Conjuring universe, yeah, because it's not a six, is it not three Annabelle's, so not Annabelle, yeah, right, right, Annabelle sorry, the six, yeah, three the six, Conjuring yeah. films now, plus the two Annabelle films and the nun, yeah, so not a third Annabelle, so not Annabelle, another Annabelle, and then an Annabelle that looks back again, or maybe a two, maybe oh seven, God. possibly, no, it can't maybe, be, can't be, maybe. Can't be like more films than this than there is in like the, the Fast and Furious, is there? That, that would be. No, because they, they, they're up to nine now, aren't they? Plus the Hobbs and Shaw, so technically they're up to ten now. So, yeah. So, we've got the Conjuring, yeah. the Conjuring 2, Conjuring Devil Made Me Do It, and we've got Annabelle, Annabelle Crazy. Annabelle Comes Home. Annabelle, and comes, Annabelle home. comes Home, is it? And then the yeah, Nun. The right, this, is, this is the seventh film in this, in this one. Holy yeah, and there's, there's more. They're, they're, they're doing more. They're not going to call well, it. Apparently, yet. also, the yeah. Curse of La Llorona also apparently is um, part of the universe as well. Really? Yeah, yeah, nothing. Yeah, so talking. So let's take it from there. So the cursor of Lorna was terrible. Terrible, yeah. It was one of the fucking worst ones that I've seen. It was absolutely terrible. Um, and so what's the plot of this one? What's the plot? Of it? It's, it's following the Warrens again, played by Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga. Farmiga, um, yeah. Um, so the plot of this one is um, it starts out um, nineteen eighties somewhere in America. Um, some young kind of eight, nine-year-old boys um, getting exercised of his demons because he's, he's possessed. Um, starts out with the Warrens and a priest um, exercising this boy. Um, the, the, the boy's sister's boyfriend then kind of jumps in and says, you know, leave him alone and take me instead, take me instead. Um, the boy then goes on to stab his girlfriend's boss to death. Right. Um, and then it goes to court. Um, and that's pretty much pretty much it. Problem with this story is um, it, they've, they've kind of based it pretty much purely on the warden's account of things, which I kind of get. It's a supernatural series and stuff like that. But it's probably the least supernatural one out of all of them for a start because it's about yeah. a guy being possessed rather than a haunting and stuff like that. But it's, it, it's pure pure conjecture it's just fantasy do you know what I mean it's like right. here's here's the Warren's view of events and you know it's like it kind of as I say it starts out in exorcism and then suddenly this this boy's stabbing this other person when you look up the real case history there's like a big seven, seven month gap between you know events and stuff like that right. so the film makes it all appear you know like you know super fast supernatural and it, it didn't happen like that um, the Warren's suggested that there had been two cases in England before for murder that were, were kind of tried under um, diminished responsibility through demonic possession. Right. Um, and instantly the US courts were like, no, that was a fucking stupid. So it was like kiboshed instantly. They were like, no, we're not doing that. Do you know what I mean? It's a fucking trial. Um, which it, it doesn't connect, it, it throws that away so quickly. Do you know what I mean? So it does throw away the facts and you know the, the, the kind of real real events what happened for the sake of cinematic pleasure I guess yeah um, and it's just it, it's shite for that because you know we all love a bit of fantasy do you know what I mean but there's a really good true story here as well do you know what yeah. I mean and it's just it's sidelined completely just for this 
this nonsense with, with, with the Warrens. Um, the saving grace about the film was Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga's performances. They um, seem to really enjoy playing these two characters. Because obviously, they keep yeah, them it, for it. Um, they've got chemistry together. Have, they yeah, together. yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Wilson rarely disappoints anyway. Um, yeah. I can't even really think how much I've seen Wilson and would have thought he's not turned on a good role. Mm. Um, Vera was good in this one. I'd say she was probably less engaged in this one than any other. Right. I've seen her in. Um, she didn't have quite as much to do as well. Right. Um, quite a few times the camera was on her, she just had that kind of start of goldfish face. Do you know what right. I mean? And yeah. you're like, yeah. come on, you can do more than that. But she's probably working with what she's got as well. Um, do you know what I mean? The script, and that, again, I think the director's a bit of a hack as well. So if she's got a bad director and the script yeah. maybe isn't as tight as the other ones, do you know what I mean? Then maybe that's why. Uh-huh. But um, so, I mean, both, both of them. Shined throughout, throughout the whole film. They, they were the reason to watch it. Um, yep. But the story itself, it's just a shame that they've taken what is a really interesting story and just, you know, fucking gave it such fantastical elements that, you know, you, you kind of, it leaves you feeling cold, do you know what I mean, afterwards, um, which is which is a shame. And then when you read about the actual events and stuff, you're like, you know, this would have been a better true crime story than that yeah. as a fucking ghost story. Yeah. 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 I was wondering, um, so, why did, I was wondering why did Wilson and Plumiger keep coming back to this thing? Because obviously they seem to enjoy working with each other. Maybe that's maybe part of it is. Maybe they maybe they got a, a, a you know an enjoyment of playing these two characters. That could be it. But also this franchise has made one point nine billion, right? Billion, 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 right? So one point nine billion. Jesus Christ. Um, now one point nine billion is a lot of money in movie terms, but obviously that's only the equivalent of like say. The two end, the end game of Infinity War, so it's only basically that. But the combined budget of all these films, what do you think? It's less than 0.9 billion. I'm going to say, how many films have seen? Nine? Nine. Average 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 in a bit. Two films plus, so let's say seven, eight films altogether. Right, let's average it at three million a film, so 24 million. You went a little bit low. 178 million is the total budget of these films. But look at how much they've made back for that shit. That's, that's something like less than two hundred million. It's made at one point nine billion back. It's like, and that's why they're going to keep making them. They're getting paid for doing it. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're pro- probably quite quick to shoot as well. They'll have a deal in place where they're getting a percentage kickback as well. Yeah, yeah. And Blumhouse churn films out fast. Do you know what I mean? As yeah. well, so they'll just keep they'll keep going with this until until it dries is up. Do you know what I mean? Is it Blumhouse? Oh, no, maybe it's not. actually. This is James Wan. Ah, ah right, okay. So if James Wan makes Who's... more money off this than he does off the Fast and Furious films, it tells you something. It's mental, isn't it? It's not... yeah. I think he's he, he was solely missed. I think you do notice that it's not James Wan directing. Um, see, the, the curse of the Lorna was, was a really poor entry into the, the, you know, that, that kind of universe end. Anyway, um, and this this doesn't feel much better. I mean, it wasn't a dreadful film. I thought none was all right. I actually quite enjoyed the none. I've not even watched that yet because I was so put off by the lawn. I'm like, you know what? How deep do I want to go into this nonsense? So I've not actually even seen the none yet. The only reason I say you might like it is a guy, Corin Hardy, who directs it. Um, is, a, is a guy who directed that film The Hallow we saw a few years ago, remember? The Hallows, yeah, the Irish boy. Yeah, yeah I know exactly. I know who you mean. yeah. He directed it, so he has actually it's got scales. All right, okay, I may I may check it. Yeah. Now cool. that you've made that, but um, I would give it I would give it a five out of ten. Um, okay. for their their performances are so so committed. Um, but I would like to see if they keep going with, you know, looking more towards the kind of ghost story side of things. Um, and staying away from like kind of possession and stuff like that. I mean, if, if you're going to be fantastical, then. You know, keep it in a realm where you can be like with ghosts and stuff like that. Demonic possession, it's just based on one person, one demon, that's it. And it just it doesn't doesn't hold as well on, on, yep. on screen. Um, not terrible, not great either. Five five out of ten. Out that's ten, right? probably been generous. Generous. Um right, last film of the of the podcast, nice to have you back. This is the last movie, which is the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Have you seen this one? No, I'm probably gonna catch that Friday or Saturday. Um okay. 
I've heard stuff about it. <laughs> and I think you're probably going to reinforce what, what I've heard. Okay, so directed by Patrick Hughes, who directed the first part, The Hitman's Bodyguard. He also directed Expendables 3, which tells you a lot. He also directed a film called Red Hill, <laughs> which is an Australian film um, about a policeman in his first day in a sort of really rough town. Actually, a very good film. You get a chance to find it. Um, the plot of this film is it follows on from the, the, the original, The Hitman's Bodyguard, where Ryan Reynolds is now in therapy. He doesn't want to kill people because he's sort of suffering at the hands of, you know, the demons of where, um, of the last movie. Um, unfortunately, Samuel L. Jackson gets kidnapped. Salma Hayek comes to Ryan Reynolds to enlist his help in order to save Sam Jackson. Um, along the way, there's at least two other plots in there that are, that are um, you know, around. Um, so you have to um, deal with them as well. Um, you've also got Frank Grillo in it, playing uh, an FBI agent who's trying to track them down. And the main bad guy is Antonio Banderas. Now, oh, I love Antonio so much. What is Antonio Banderas, sort of, his main calling thing? What, what, what's his main thing that he's known for? Um, action movies, Desperado, stuff like that. More importantly, Do- what, what nationality is Antonio Banderas? Oh, he's Spanish. Yeah, is he yeah. is he noticeably Spanish? Like, yeah, he, yeah, he's, he's got he's, he's even got a Spanish accent. <laughs> yeah, he has a very Spanish accent. Um, in this film, <laughs> uh, Antonio Banderas plays a character called Aristotle Papalopadopoulos. He is playing a Greek in this film, and there's absolutely no fucking sort of like attempt made to make him Greek. <laughs> Which is why didn't you just get a Greek to yeah. do it? Or make, play Spanish. It makes no fucking difference to the story. Um, it's, it's, yeah. on a par, it's on a par with a Highlander, you know, Sean Connery playing the Spaniard and Christopher Lambert playing mm. of oh, <laughs> some odd cast there. Anyway, that aside, I really did not like the first one of these movies. I thought it was I thought it was really poor. I thought it was you know pretty much just turgid shit. Apart from, I really enjoy Salma Hayek in it because who does not enjoy Salma Hayek? Um, He's good. Yeah. This is amazing as it is, is it as amazing as it sounds. This is a this is an improvement on the original because well, the original was so bad. And um, this leans into the sort of stupidity of it all, um, which allows it to move quickly and and at pace and just keep the jokes kind of coming and keep the kind of banter kind of coming and. I know some people don't like him. I don't understand it. Ryan Reynolds is an, an insanely watchable actor. Like he's, he has, I know he does. Yeah, I know he does the same thing in every film. He's kind of hit on this little thing after Deadpool, being sort of like in a wide mm. acting kind of guy. But he pulls it off exceptionally well. Yeah, he's got charisma from ear yeah. to ear. Do you know what I mean? He's yeah, yeah. So with him in it, Sam Jackson seems to have a bit of fun in it as well. Salma Hayek's having fun as well. Um, and because, it, like I said, it is moving so quickly, I think it's only about an hour and 40 minutes all in, so it's moving so fucking quickly, you don't have any time to actually sit and wonder about the plot holes, about the mistakes, about the things that are going to make no sense. Because it, by the time you've even thought about it, you're three scenes down the road. Um, yeah. So Plus that, as well, I've always found with, with comedy films, plot holes don't matter so much. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's, like, it's like that. It's funny. Do you know what I mean? It's just giving you chuckles and you're not there. Yeah. Fucking watch, you know, a mind altering story. It's just to give you chuckles, and if yeah. there's a plot hole, it's like, well, you know, you want to laugh hard enough that it doesn't fucking matter. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, that being said, a lot the cast do seem like they are doing it out of contractual obligation. They're not doing anything new or original or unique in it. They're just they're always just playing versions of the caricature of themselves that we all know and kind of we all kind of enjoy. You know, Sam Jackson's been the kind of subtle guy who says motherfucker. Ryan Reynolds has been, you know, the kind of yeah. wise-tracking guy. Sama Hayek's been the sort of, you know, yeah. you know the most gorgeous woman on the planet, essentially, which he's doing in this. <laughs> um, so it's not doing anything new. But, for see, for like a Friday film, like in the cinema, it's actually a lot of fun. We saw it in a, in a cinema on a Friday night with a lot of people in it. Like, for the first time, it was actually a cinema where a lot of people were sort of watching it. Um, and the cinema enjoyed it. You could tell the cinema was having a good time with it. You know, I think as you walked out, you could realise everyone thought, like, that was dumb and silly, but during the film, everyone's yeah. laughing, everyone's having a giggle, everyone's just kind of going with it. And for that, like that's kind of what you want in a Friday night with a film. Like, it's not by any means, you know, busting through any barriers, but it was better than I thought it would be. Um, it's still not great, but it's definitely it, it's it's like it's moving so quickly and so fast that there's, there's a lot of it stuff that's kind of enjoyable. Yeah, 
there's a real there's a there's a very funny joke regarding um, Reynolds' dad in it, which did have the sort of an absolute uproar, you know, with the, with the laughter, which I, I did think was really funny as well. Um, so, like I said, don't go in with any expectation that's going to be good. But go in with the expectation of this will be an enjoyable way to spend an hour and thirty minutes, which yeah. essentially is what it is. Um, if it entertains, then it's done its job. And um, just quickly before you give it a score, um, Frank Grillo. Um, there's this film I keep hearing about that he's in. It's like a kind of time travel film, and it's meant to be mind-numbingly good, like like fucking ten out of ten. Um, it's, it's like this, he's bunged me in the past with a few films, but it's like apparently they're like dude, good, and then it's like no, this is shit. No, the reviews for this one I've read. Honestly, it's like proper 10 out of 10 movie apparently it's nuts it's like this year or last year oh boss level made is that what it is? yes that's it I have heard amazing I'm desperate I don't know where to find it but uh, so I'm sure it's up. on I am sure it's on Sky but I mean the cast is interesting the cast has got Frank mm-hmm. Grill Naomi Watts Michelle Yeoh yep and I believe the main mm-hmm. possible the main baddie in it is I know he's I know we're not supposed to like him I know he's now, you know, sort of, he's on the shit list, but fuck it, I love him still, because he is rigged. Mr. Mel Gibson's in it as well. Mel Gibson, yeah. yeah. Dude, it's, honestly, read, read the reviews for it. It's a, it's a desperate to see it. Anyway, sorry, back to... I'm, I'm, <laughs> back I, I, I think I've skipped over it, but I'm intrigued by it, because Joe Carnahan directs it, and I like Joe Carnahan. Joe Carnahan's got a real kind of... <laughs> he embraces the stupidity of these things, something, you know, he's done like the grey and the A-team and smoking aces. And yeah. Narc and... He can really, he, he can, he really does sink into it. I mean, Stretch was terrible, one of the Stretch limo, yeah. but um, that's, that's a, that's, that's a film with Patrick Wilson, he's not good in it. No, that's fair. He's not bad in it. He just, it's a bad film. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Um, Patrick Wilson's always good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah we, we need to try and watch this. Yeah. Yes. Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, I would say, if you, it's going to be on its own for a little while, if you've got time, by all means, go and see. Especially if you, I mean, double this up with the father would be an interesting double bill, to be honest. You know, it, it be, <laughs> I think that's what we did. You definitely do come out of one going, I'm in a weird place after both those films. I don't know where I am right now. Um, but it's, it's, I give it a very solid, if unremarkable, six out of ten. Which, for a throwaway comedy, again, it's not. It's like a horror movie. If you give it a five, it's not a bad score. It's a horror. Movie. Yeah, that's why. Um, I, I actually enjoyed the first one a lot more than you did. The, yeah. the Hitman's I remember, I actually remember uh, Bodyguard. I liked it. Yeah. So I suspect I'll probably enjoy this one just as much. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to go and see it for sure. Yeah. Um, so I yeah, I'm quite excited now after hearing. Did we not go and see it together? I'm sure we did go and see it together. I think we did, yeah. 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 And um, I, I thought it was just silly nonsense. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's all for this week. Next week, some interesting stuff, a nice mix of things. We've got In the Heights, the movie of the musical by Lynn manuel Miranda, which we're all very looking forward to. And we're all, and we're no, 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 no. You're not excited about this one? No. No. Uh, I, don't do I hate musicals, no. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, we also have out next, um, out next tomorrow is Fast and Furious 9. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's, got, it's got a magnet plane. It's got a, it's got two wrestlers. I mean, what more do you want in life? Um, I, don't, is there, I don't think The Rock's in this one, is he? Was he not? I don't think. I think he's because he had that kind of fallout. Um, I think he's he's done. I think he's, he's kind of... They brought in Rock's replacement is John Cena. John Cena, I think. Wow. Well, he... I, He's playing his role, but yeah, I'm pretty sure he's not in it. I could be mistaken, but I'm, I'm fairly certain that he's not in it. Yeah, he's going to After all the, the nonsense before. Final shot, he'll come up. But then he's getting the franchise. He's getting, um, what's it called, the, the spin-off. Um, the Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, yeah, him and Stephen. Um, yep, also, mm-hmm. we watch this week, we've got Supernova, which is Stanley Tucci and Colin Firth. Again, it looks like a, it's a film dealing with, you know, um, uh, Alzheimer's and dementia and... Uh, they, they, they're a couple who sort of take one last trip together. It looks very heartwarming and very sad. But that's that's out this week. Mm-hmm. And also on Disney Plus is the new one from Pixar, uh, which is Luca, which I'm intrigued about because I feel Disney recently has slightly phoned it in. Uh, not Disney, sorry. Pixar has been sort of. It's not quite back on <gasps> the same level. It should have. It's been back. I think so. Did you watch Soul? I loved. Soul was 
I loved it all, man. I was just totally nah. like pure wild, white-eyed. The, 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 the thing when you get in the body of the cat and stuff like that, nah, fuck, I, I, that was boring. See, if it kept in the, in the sort of weird world, I was all for that stuff. That was fucking bizarre and brilliant. But no. Oh, no. I, I kind of got a pure embraced all the stupidity of the cat and the pizza and falling about. And so I was like, yeah, man, the kids loved it as well. Well, they enjoyed it. No, I, I liked that a lot. It was good. But look, it's getting... A, Onward was terrible. I just thought it didn't do anything with the universe. It's like they've got they've got this fantasy universe where you can yeah. put anything you want in it, and they, they gave us a handful of unicorns, pretty much. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They, they were like kind of really, really thin on like, the, the, the features and the fantasy element, which I, I was just like, where's all the fucking. You know, Derby Dragons and fucking Minotaurs and do you know, like, take your pick. Do you know what I mean? And it just never, never happened. It's actually, um, so, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't that fun. Pixar, I feel, I feel this, the, the, the shine's come off a little bit, especially since in the last couple of years you've had Spider Man into the Spider Verse, which was done, which is an amazing piece of animation. And then recently mm. on Netflix, have you watched Mitchell's versus the Machines? Yes. It was genuinely was <laughs> one of the most phenomenal. I mean, it's probably my film of the year so far. I was absolutely, I was in fucking tears at it bits as well. It genuinely yeah. got right in the emotional bits as well. So I think that's what we dog need. Pi- dog pig love. Yeah, <laughs> the bit when I just feel like um, Pixar sort of it's it's maybe I wouldn't say phoning it in because some of the stuff is still lovely and still wonderful, but I feel like yeah. they've maybe got competition and they maybe I'm hoping. What I'm hoping is. Sony being as good as they are recently, and also the Irish studio that's out, um, Cartoon Saloon. Have you seen any of their stuff? No, they mm. did the bread one. Just one that's doing that river dance film. No, they did. Um, recently, they did the film Wolf Walkers. No, I've not seen that. Oh, no. Look for it. It's, it's very, it's, it's, it's like hand drawn animation, and it's very sort of, it's almost like Studio Ghibli um, style. And they've done one recently called The Song of Kells, and they did one called The Breadwinner. They've had like, I think they've done five films so far and have all been Oscar nominated. And um, there's this little tiny studio in oh. sort of an island that does it. It's like, some amazing stuff to do. Um, and I'm hoping the success of them and also the success of Sony will, will hopefully push Pixar to, you know, just to up their game a little bit. Up just, their game a yeah. The problem with Pixar is that they seem to be focusing a lot on sequels as well, which yeah. they need to stop doing. Do you know what I mean? They need to just keep keep churning out the original material because the sequels just it lets them get complacent. Do you know what I mean? And they know they can churn them out and fucking make a fortune from them. They need to focus on, you know, original stories like Soul and Luca and stuff like that and stop doing finding fucking finding cars part six, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. It's, it's nonsense. Um just quickly on animation before we wrap things up. Um, right. Jurassic Park Camp Cretaceous. Have you watched it? Love it. I've not watched a new release, but I think they normally drop like groups of eight, don't they? Um, of the episodes. Yeah, there's a, it's, uh, as a new season that came out last month. Yeah, I've not watched a new one yet, it's, but I've, I have watched, other, I think there's been three parts so far, um, like three, eight episodes, like sort of dumps. Yeah. Um, oh, I've loved it. I thought it's been brilliant. I've, I've genuinely done it absolutely. It, it feels like. Jurassic Park, doesn't it, does. it? It captures the you know I mean, the universe perfectly. It's brilliant. That's one thing I really enjoyed during lockdown. And I thought, like, I know uh, this is made for children, but I'm like, fuck, I am, I am in because I am like, I was discussing with somebody else recently. What franchise, regardless of what they do, will you always be in the bag for? Like, you're always going to watch it. And like, Jurassic Park is a franchise where I'm like, you know what, I'm I'm in for this. Yeah. Um, it's like it doesn't matter yeah. what they do. People might dislike, you know, like Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. I'm like, fuck it, I'm in for it. I'm, I'm, I'm there. Same with the new one that's been out now, Jurassic World. Oh, totally. I'm, I'm in for it. I'm, I'm Dominion, in. no? Dominion, I think. Yeah, do the exact, exact same as you. And do you know what? I, I'll give it, if I can, I'll go in with such an open mind and an open heart. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'll want to like it. And that's, but that's the beauty of being fucking nerds and geeks. Do you know what I mean? It's like dinosaurs and superheroes and yeah. Star Wars. You're there. Do you know what I mean? You're yeah. like, Fuck yeah, man. Just bring it on. Cartoons, it doesn't matter. I'll watch it all. It's brilliant. Yeah. Are you looking forward to the Master Universe cartoon that's been out? I, do you know what? I had my reservations and then I seen the trailer and I was like, fuck me. Yes. Uh, totally. The trailer looks brilliant. So you know who the showrunner I'm of that was? I'm quite excited about that. Do you know who's the showrunner? No. Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was Kev's uh, producer. Also, I just found out today... Um, 
I don't know if this is how relevant this will be for you, but I'm excited. Um, is they're, they're making a live action movie of Clifford the Big Red Dog, which is a kids' TV show about a big red dog red called dog, Clifford. Yeah. And I used I used to watch it with the kids when they were wee, and I loved it. And they're making a movie. And what I'm thinking though is I think they've realised that Dora the Explorer was mm. fucking good. Do you know what I mean they've yeah. shown it? You know you can take a premise like that and make it into a fully blown fucking enjoyable film and I think that's on the back of this but dude I'm excited I just think it's just basically sorry keep going man just it, that, that's the film it's all about this dog the size of a house that's <laughs> it do you know what I mean the, the daft shit I guess and I am so fucking excited to see it Sorry, what were you going to say? I, you say? I can think of no better way to end than on discussion of Clifford the Big Red Dog. The movie. <laughs> you need to go watch the trailer. It's just a teaser trailer, but have a wee look at it. You'll see what I mean. It's probably... <laughs> Do you remember your part of this when I actually tell people where to find us? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram at freebeersandamovie.com. So look us up. Tell yeah, I still remember. Still remember. What a professional son. I'm professional. <laughs> I'm even wearing clothes just now, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I'm very grateful for that. And that is, that is us for this week. For this week, I've been Richard. You've been. I've been Colin, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. Three beers in a movie.